It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Jesus said, made a statement, and he really told what his purpose was. So we always need to know that. You know, if you want to know the importance of of a ministry or something, uh, you look at the foundation, you look at the purpose. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9, he said, I am the gate. Think about that. He said, I'm the gate. A gate is something that that allows access. It either holds back or it allows entrance. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Praise God. They will come in and go out and find pasture. In other words, find sustenance, what we need. And then he goes on in verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So his purpose was to come that we might have life, eternal life, Zoe. We talked about this last week as we're looking at this little mini-series on overcoming unbelief. He says, I've come that you may have life, that you might have Zoe, you might have the life as God has it, and to the full, not just minimum, but to the full, the full measure of Zoe or of eternal life, of this life as God has it. And uh, he said, that's, that's what I've come for. He's the gate. He's the access point. You know, he tells us that uh, when he was looking at Peter, he, and he said, you know, you're a little rock, but on this rock, the foundation of your belief, when, when Peter had said, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, the Messiah, he said, on, the, on that foundation, he says, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we know that there's, there are gates. That all that Satan would have to launch against you comes through the gates there. Jesus said, I'm the gate. So we want to go into him, and in him we live and move and have our being. In him, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. We can do all things through him. Uh, We have access to all things through him. We need to know that. We need to believe that. And when we believe that, then we should live like that. When we live like that, then things ought to happen because the Bible says, signs follow them that believe. Are you with me? Last week as we looked at this We took a text from John chapter 20, verse 31, if you'd like to open there. John chapter 20, verse 31. John is concluding the writings about Jesus, and he says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. Just when he asked his disciples, remember, he asked, who do men say that I am? They said, oh, Elijah, you're one of the prophets. And uh, he said, well, who do you say I am? He just said, thou art the Christ. You are the Messiah, the one sent. Uh, you are the Messiah, the Christ. And he said, that's when he said, that's what I'm going to build my church upon. So here John is saying as he starts to conclude his book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So there we go. What Jesus came to do was to give us life and life more abundantly, life to the full. How do we have that? We simply believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God, that he did what he said he was going to do. And now that we have that life, we have access to that life through him, through his sacrifice on the cross, through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so now then, if we believe, then we can have that life, that Zoe, that in his name, that we can have life in his name. Wow. You know, just like kryptonite was Superman's greatest thing, you know, uh, uh, unbelief is the believer's kryptonite. That's what puts us down. I guess Lex Luthor and kryptonite was to, to Superman what unbelief and Satan is to the believer. He wants to constantly cause us to not believe or at least bring about doubt. You know, in a court, when they're, they're going to make a ruling, if there's any presence of doubt, then they can't rule positive on that. Satan knows if he can just plant just a little bit of doubt within our minds, within our, you know, our hearts, then we can't really succeed in reaching that fullness, that life, that Zoe, all that God has for us. We can't attain it. James said that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You know, if you doubt, you know, we're going to be unstable because there's doubt there. And as we looked at this last week, we got down to the point of where uh, in Mark chapter 9, verse 20, in the story there where 
this man had brought his son who was possessed of a devil, and, and uh, he was uh, deaf, and he was mute, and it said that the, this demon would, would throw him into the fire and sometimes into the water. And so the disciples tried to, to, uh, to, to take care of the situation. They couldn't, so they brought him to Jesus. And, you know, there was this big commotion. And the first thing that Jesus does, he gets frustrated. He gets aggravated. And he looks and he says, oh, you unbelieving generation. You unbelieving generation. How long will I stay with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. He was so frustrated. He had worked miracles before them. He taught his disciples and over and over and over, he told them that they needed to believe and here they're having this challenge and he just says, uh, you know, wow, you unbelieving generation. He was frustrated. And so they bring the boy to, to Jesus and he asks the father, he says, how long has he been like this? And the father says, since childhood, and, uh, and he goes on to tell Jesus that, that this demonic spirit is often thrown, he says, into the fire and into the water to kill him. And then he says to Jesus, he looks to it, at him and he has this, this, he is, I'm sure, with all sincerity in his heart, he has this, uh, this desire and this, uh, you know, he just doesn't know what else to do. He says, but if, if you can do anything, have pity on us. And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible to to him who believes. Jesus throws it back. He says, if you can, he repeats it. In other words, he's saying, if I can do anything, wait a minute. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And all the while that they're having this conversation, this demon is throwing this boy around and he's writhing in the dirt and everything. A big crowd's coming and Jesus sees the crowd coming and he doesn't want to make a big show out of this. And so he rebukes this demonic spirit and uh, it says that, you know, he throws the boy around and it departs and they, everybody around thought the boy was dead. They said, oh, he's dead. He killed him. And, and then Jesus reaches over and takes him by the hand and, and lifts him up and the boy's fine. But the whole thing there was that he made this statement and this man reveals something. He says, after that, he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that's why we're looking at this. Help me overcome my unbelief. What is he saying there? And I've taught on this before, and, but it's, this is something that's, that we need to look at every day because if we're not careful, things creep into our lives that we're not aware of, and we begin to see life in, in a certain reality that's placed before us because of our senses, our, our, our sight, our sound, and experience, and various things, and uh, we begin to judge and perceive things to be a certain way, which causes us to believe that that's the way things are and that that's the way that things will always be and that things will never change. The, the problem is, is that there's a reality over here in the spiritual realm that God says that can be our present reality, but we got to be able to bring this reality, this spiritual, supernatural reality into the natural. Y'all aren't getting this today. I, I wish I had somebody. Maybe I, I was going to preach to this crowd, crowd over here. <laughs> Y'all, y'all look a little more alive this morning. Isn't that, isn't that the hard thing, though, in, in, in our spiritual life, is trying to bring the spiritual realm, the supernatural, into the natural realm? And I believe it's possible, don't you? I mean, hold up your hand if you believe it's possible. So I believe, but will it? Can we? When? How? Hmm. So see... Between we believe that it is, but we don't know if it will. And kind of somewhere through there, this man was saying, I believe that God can. But help me in my unbelief, because I just don't know if you will. And many times I found myself, it, if we'll take an honest look at ourselves when we pray, Maybe we're there, and we start into this pleading thing, like, Lord, please, if you can do anything, just take pity on us and, and just do this. You know, I believe you can. Yes, I believe you can, but I just don't know if you will. And we've gone through this, and we've gone through this. All the disciples tried, on to, you know, 
for this uh, boy to be free, and he wasn't. And so the father's just sitting there thinking, you know, I've seen this all my life. I know what he, this is, my, this is our reality. Take, have pity on us because this is, this is our reality. And Jesus says, no, that doesn't have to be your reality. If you believe, all things are possible to them that believe. You can cause this reality to now be your, your present reality. Wow. I believe God can. I just don't know if he will. That's what he's saying. So we need the same thing. We need to overcome our unbelief because when we pray, a lot of times we know that that's how we ought to pray. That's our desire when we pray. And we hear, what sort of things you desire when you pray? Then it says, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. We desire this to happen and we hope, we, in a natural sense, we hope that it happens, but we're not spiritually hoping, which is an earnest expectation, earnestly expecting it to happen. And the way we get that hope, real hope, is through believing. And so what I found here, and I don't usually hear people break it down like this, but in this thing of faith, in the banner of faith, I see things working together. And I see faith and hope and belief as these these components that make up the necessary elements for a miracle. Because we know that we need to hope. Hope is expecting. If I'm going to, if I pray, I need to expect it to happen. Isn't that faith? I mean, yeah, faith is tied in there because faith is a substance. It's the, it's the actual essence of things that I hope for, the things that I expect. If I'm really expecting it, then this faith, the supernatural faith is going to provide the substance, the very essence of it. I don't need to see it because I see it. Y'all aren't getting this. I don't need to see it because I see it. So that's where we have to get. But how do I get there? I get there, I get to expecting and to seeing because I believe. What do I believe? I believe that God is God. He's supernatural and he provides all things. That in Christ, that all these things, all things are possible to him. uh, You know, uh, in him, all things are possible. If I believe and I believe because I know that I know that I know that God is and that he will. Not doubt in any place. When I know, when I believe that he is and that he will, I will expect it. And if I expect it, then I accept it. I receive it. Whether I see it out here or not, I know that it's coming because I've already received it through Christ. Come on now. I wish I had somebody. Let me try this crowd over here. It's hard to break this stuff down. Are you following this? And you know, that's a tough thing. We act like it's a simple thing. But in these elements of faith, hope, and believe, Satan is in there. He's constant because he knows if, if we get those things working together. Remember, that's kind of a three. God works in threes. Threefold cord is not easily broken. When you get those three elements working together, miracles happen. Miracles happen. I wish it was easy. Well, how does it become easy? Glad you asked. We're going to teach on that. There's some things that we have to do. First, we got to get rid of our stinking thinking. We have to have our mind renewed. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so I'm conformed to this world when by experience and knowledge of just the way this life is and the way things happen, then I become conformed to this and I determine a reality. The reality is, uh, you know, if you run over a nail, you're going to have a flat, right? Except now they, they made these run flat tires. So wait, what happened to my reality? Somebody changed it. So that's not my reality anymore, right? So I got to get that in there. But, but yet, you know, through experience, we, we just, and what I found, the older I get, the more my experience comes in and hinders my believing. I was just, we were 30-something when we moved or down here and just uh, actually the first time we came down here, we weren't even, th- weren't even 30, 30 years old. And God said, go, and we just went. <laughs> well, I didn't have much experience <laughs> on anything. I just believed God, and, and God took care of us and all of our kids and everything else. The older I get, I wouldn't tell them. If my kids told me they were going to do that, I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> Let's pray about this. <laughs> Let's talk this over, you know. When we were go full-time in ministry with 
Psalms 3 many, 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 many years ago. And so we formed a, a nonprofit organization for different things. And so we went to the accountant who was in the church. We told him what was going on. He's looking at us and he's asking all these questions. How much money do you have? Nothing. How much money are you going to get? Ah, we don't know. <laughs> Whatever God sends. Um, well, how are you going to live? Oh, God's going to take care of us. Uh, he looks at me and says, you got one child, right? Yeah, another one on the way. Yeah. So how are you going to live? God's going to take care of us. He looks there. I mean, he's trying to help us. Put, he said, if I didn't know you boys any better, I'd, t- I'd say you're crazy and tell you not, absolutely not to do this. But we were just full of faith and we just, we didn't know any different. After we were out there for a few years, <laughs> you know, we had to pray for, to get fuel fed old bus to get maybe to the next destination. But those things taught us faith, you know. And so we just did, and then we learned faith. And that faith that I learned then helped me then when God called us to come to Texas and, and to do what we've done. And so you begin to learn faith. But the thing is, you've got to watch your experiences because your experiences can play into the thing of where you think God can't. You've got to constantly say, well, that's the way that, that's the reality, and that's what, that's what I'm up against. Now, God, I believe that you are far above these things. And that's tough. That's tough. It was tough to walk into this hospital, I'll call it a ward kind of a thing, because it was large. It was a uh, critical care unit. Sandy and I were going in there, and Danny Red had had a liver transplant. They gave him 10 or 20% chance to live. Look, he was unconscious. And as we're going up there, we're praying. And about the same time, both of us said, he will live and not die. Wow, so we were in agreement. So that was a kind of a confirmation for both of us. And I said, you believe that? She said, I do. I said, I believe it too. So we went up, and they were telling us all this stuff. And Miss Tawana was telling us everything that the doctors had just told her. And man, I, it didn't look good. didn't sound good. And in my mind, I'm trying to think, okay, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. That's what they say. I'm just getting, I'm not hearing that. I'm going to hear you, Lord. You said he'd live and not die. I'm just, okay, all right, that's the, that's the, the reality now, but it's going to change going to change. And so we walked in and he looked uh, kind of a green khaki color. We looked at each other, laid hands on him and said, Danny Red, you will live and not die. And you will live to, to, to testify the glory of God. And then we just prayed. And boy, I mean, when the faith is high, you better release your faith then. Don't sit there. Don't think about it. As I say, you think long, you think wrong, you do it. And you act upon it right then. And then you pray and you believe. And then Continue to believe. And so we continue to believe. And all of a sudden, it just they didn't know what was happening, what was going on. You, we had people praying all over. People were praying and believing. It happens. It works. It's happened in my life. It's happened in your life. And we think sometimes we, we swing through and all of a sudden there's a miracle. Well, that was cool. You know, like, I don't know how that happened, but I'd like to get back to that realm again, you know. And it's kind of like, you know, when a church service goes good and, boy, the Holy Spirit just moved. God fell. And I, I, it must have been the songs we were singing. That, oh, yeah, that must have been it. Or it must have been this or that. If we could ever get back to that, you know. If, uh, you know, well, Gabe doesn't sing that song anymore. That's what brought us into the present. Blame it on Gabe. Yeah. Or pretty, you know, so we, we just think we don't really know how it happened, but we're glad it happened. And I'll tell you what happened is people got into agreement, you know, got into agreement. Then it happened. Now, when you come expecting the, the spirit of God to move, he will move. God shows up. He, he's responsible. He said, if any two gather in my name, if two or three gather in my name, he said, I'm in your midst. Now, that's what he said. Do you believe what he said? Then if you believe that, that means he's here. He's present now. If he's present now, then you ought to worship him like he's present now. Amen? And don't worry about what anybody else is doing or they're not doing or not doing. Some people like to move a little bit in worship. And they think if somebody else isn't moving, that, that person isn't in the spirit. And and maybe that person just really caught up, you know. But that's it, you know. Because I mean my dance has kind of changed to this. <laughs> kind of too tight. It used to be, man, we jam- all over the place, jumping. I wore out two hips in worship before God. <laughs> and shoulders, too, waving them around. You know? But, uh, you know, don't be judging one. Don't even pay attention. So I said, did you see that? No, I didn't. I was, I was worshiping the Lord. I didn't see that. 
Some people like to just, they just can't, don't know how to contain themselves. Well, praise God, you know, worship God. But if you're, if you're up here really being active and you're just doing it for show, you're in the flesh. But if you're sitting there and God's telling you to dance and you're not dancing, you're in the flesh. So what do you do? You just worship God in the spirit and don't worry about what you do. <laughs> just, you know, that'll happen. So, so we wonder, how do we get to these things? And, and we, we think, well, I'll believe when, it gets, when the music gets right. Or when the pastor preaches just right, I'll believe when, you know, when that right time comes, I'll be, it's just going to happen. No, the gift of faith happens, you know, that's something that's sovereign that God just does and he overrides everything. Praise God for that, you know, sometimes when it needs to happen and we can't even get to believe, the Holy Spirit just gives us the gift of faith. Wouldn't that be awesome if he'd do that all the time? But he expects us to be responsible to believe, The word believe means accepting something as truth, as truth. If you look up the word accepting, it means um, agreeing to receive. Agreeing to receive. That means you've got to agree with the Holy Spirit that you're going to receive what he's doing, right? Oh, no, no. If the Holy Spirit wants to do it, he can just do it, you know. You've got to agree to this, okay? He's, a, he's not going to just force something on you. And besides that, we are God's agents of victory. We've got to believe here. We have to take that responsibility. If you agree to do something, you're taking responsibility, right? Are y'all following this? So take responsibility for your believing. Agree to receive the word, the truth, what God said, that principle. And when you agree to receive it, get somebody else to agree with you. When any two a Agree as touching any one thing. That means that what are they, when you agree with somebody, that means you believe what they believe. We believe the same thing. When you believe, here we go. Now we got belief going. And I want to have as much belief as possible. So I'm going to get Tim to agree with me. I'm going to get Eric to agree with me. Man, we're going to, and when we really believe, and when we believe and we don't doubt, wow. Oh my goodness. Things happen. Agree. So I'm, I'm a, Agreeing to receive the truth. Now, if we believe that what he says, his word is truth, believing means I'm agreeing to receive it as truth. And so then my natural reality is here facing me, but I'm going to agree that what he says, the truth over here, this supernatural reality, is now going, I'm going to accept that as my present reality that blocks out the natural reality, and it will manifest itself. I believe it will. I don't have to see it to happen. I believe that it's going to happen. God said it's going to happen. I expect it to, and I now through faith, that becomes the essence of my reality. And I walk in faith until it becomes my present reality, until those things change. I don't know if y'all are getting this or not. Ah, I'm going to need some Gatorade. So if we're going to overcome our unbelief, we really have to understand these things about faith and believing and hope. Faith is that substance, the essence of things expected. It's the convincing proof that... uh, of the things that I don't see. I don't have to see them in my natural realm because I'm convinced because I've already seen it in the spiritual realm. Do you get that? It's why it's so important. Paul said, I walk by faith and not by sight. Because if I walk by sight, man, I'm pulling down and then my mind and my experience tells me that this is what has to happen. And Satan does everything. He throws everything he can to create a reality in this world. The gates of hell are releasing things in our present reality to confuse us and and to cause us to wonder what's going on and cause us to doubt if God's even alive or moving because all these things are happening in our life. Anybody else in here that, that happens to them? This is how this thing's played out, see? So Satan's constantly bringing things into our pathway and, and causing things to break, causing you know, us to doubt or, or through whatever, through sickness, through finances, through relationships and, and through, you know, trying to confuse us about what, where we need to go or what we need to do. All those things we're facing every day, every day, every day. And my mind is trying to tell me what I need to do and all my, you know, and I'm reading about what I need to do to overcome these things and 
So basically what I'm trying to do is conform to the world to overcome this situation, right? But what Paul says is don't be conformed to this world because you're going to fight this thing on your own and you can't win it on your own. Be transformed. And how can I be transformed? By the renewing of my mind. So I step out of this experience. I go into my throne room to the courts of heaven and before him, his courts, I come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find that grace, that favor that I need in my time of need, that helps me in my time of need. And I present my case. I petition. I pray in the spirit in all occasions with, uh, with, with these things in mind, be alert and be always praying and believe that God now is going to be, he's my source and receive from him. And I present my petition before him. I back it up by what the word of God says. By his stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, I am healed. So I take that, I take that promise. It's truth. I come to my situation and I say, there you go, sickness, be gone in the name of Jesus because by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I believe it, I accept it, I receive it. By faith, it's my present reality. I'm going to walk in it right now. Until it's manifested in the natural realm, I still believe it. We were in Mexico outside of... Uh, Whew. where's Jerry Mary from? Monterey, outside of Monterey, in a little town, San Francisco. And uh, it's the first time I'd been down there. This was about 1985 or 86. And out on this little palapa, you know, it's this little shed type thing with these palm leaves on it. We were having church. And uh, I was preaching. You've heard, many of you heard this story before. It was tough. I felt like I was preaching and just, boom, it was just right there. And it just, Man, it couldn't go any further. It was just so hard. And um, later on, the guy that was interpreting said, yeah, it was so tough. He said, it's like, man, it just, it wouldn't just go. The word wouldn't go out. And I said, well, you know, he said it wouldn't return voice. So all that time when I'm preaching and, and struggling and, and realize that this is opposition, that there was some big strongholds through that area, a lot of things in the, in the past that happened, which we, lo- we discovered and dealt with. But I just said, okay, the, re- the word will not return void. And I preached the word. So at the end of that, I just gave an opportunity for those that need to be healed. And some people came, and this one lady came. You've heard the story before where she had that visible cancer on her face. And so prayed for her. And, and I'm telling you, when I was praying for her, I thought, Lord, just help me because, oh, I'm just struggling here. I just don't have much faith for this. I don't have faith for this. And so I told her, I thought, I need to get somebody else to help believe. When you're struggling with believing, get somebody else to help believe. See, it says, if there are any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, let them anoint with oil, and the prayer of faith will save them or will heal them. So find the prayer of faith. Whoever's got it, then release it. It doesn't take a whole lot. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. So I was praying, and I mentioned to one that was interpreting, I said, man, believe for this. He's like, I'm believing. I'm like, okay, well, praise God. Lord, help me here, you know. And so, I mean, I'm struggling with this because of the spiritual opposition. And I told her, and I thought, you know, if we can at least get them two to believe, or if she believes, it'll happen. So I told her, you know, that Jesus said, by his stripes were healed, that he took stripes on his back for healing. Do you believe this? She said, yes, I believe. I said, you really believe? She said, yes. I'm like, praise God. <laughs> praise God. And so we prayed for her, and I said, according to her faith, Father, according to her, she believes you, that healing flow. We, we rebuke this cancer in Jesus' name. And so we went on our way on down into the interior of Mexico. We got back about a week or so later and went by to, we were doing a little visiting through the little town. And, and of course, I didn't really understand a whole lot of Spanish. And we went to this one house and Juan was talking to this lady and pretty soon they're like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And he says, isn't that awesome? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he says, well, you remember this lady? I'm like, well, not really. It was real dark. I mean, they have a lot of electric lights out there. You know, it was really dark. That was at night. And he said, she was the one that had the cancer in her face. I said, oh, really? And so what had happened was that that cancer didn't fall off right then when we prayed for her. She went home. Every day she would get up and she'd say, do her little routine. She'd wash her face and hands and stuff and say, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. She'd go down about her business and she'd say, by your stripes I'm healed. The kids would see her and and everybody that was there that knew her in this little town, like, how are you doing? She says, oh, I'm doing great. I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. And they're like, oh, yeah, I still see that cancer there. And so she said, finally, her, about four days later, her kids came to her and said, Mama, you know, I'm so glad that you're excited and, 
and that you believe this, but, you know, the cancer's still there. Uh, we know that, you, but the cancer's still there. And so, look, you're, you're embarrassing us and you're embarrassing yourself. You just need to settle for the fact that you have cancer on your face. And she says, no, by his stripes, I'm healed. So she just went about what she did. The next morning, she got up, same thing. Lord, thank you that by your stripes, I'm healed. She says, oh, and by the way, Lord, she said, this seems to be bothering my kids and everybody else around here. I know I'm healed. This isn't bothering me a bit. But just for their sake, if you want to remove it, that's fine. She washed her face like always. Cancer fell off in the little thing there. She went about her business just like she'd always by his stripes, I'm healed. And then they're like, oh, my goodness. And she said, they said, mama, mama, what happened? She says, well, she's, they said, the cancer's gone. She said, well, yeah. She said, well, by his stripes, I'm healed. She believed it. She believed, and so finally it was manifest. She walked in faith until the manifestation was there. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Because the, the thief, as Jesus said, comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He comes to steal that blessing. Because if he can get you, even though you, you believed it, and all of a sudden we're waiting for the manifestation, and if you begin to doubt, uh-oh, now we're in trouble. And you're saying, oh, and that's why the guy was to Jesus pleading with him, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. Wow. Well, I don't know about you, but that's where I am. Every day I want to say, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. So we've got to take, the very first thing is we have to take responsibility. You need to get ready to accept, you know, this thing. It's, it's believing is to be firmly persuaded uh, to entrust your, uh, your spiritual well-being to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just trusting him, not in this reality, but in what he says and who he says that we are. And so I need then to accept that as truth. Accepting means I am agreeing to receive it as truth, and I am agreeing that this, what I'm seeing over here as truth in my natural realm is, is going to go away, and it's going to be uh, replaced with the supernatural reality that I've received from God. That's the process but it's hard to do. We have to take that responsibility and you have to persevere and not give up. Continue to believe. Um, in John 6, 28, it says, then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And so we're talking about these supernatural things, the work of God. You know, when it's replaced, when the supernatural replaces the natural the natural reality, that's the work of God, right? And so they were saying, well, how can we, it says, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and he said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he sent. So there we have, the works of God, the work of God. Hmm, physics tells, physics tells us that work is an exertion of force overcoming resistance. an exertion of force overcoming resistance. Now, think about this. When we are needing something to happen in the natural realm, there's an exertion of force, spiritual force, an exertion of spiritual force that overcomes the resistance. Satan is resisting. He's trying to get us to resist, right? And so the work of God is this, is to believe. So when we believe, we are activating in, in this, this force, this work of God, this external force to come in and to exert then this force upon this resistance that's there. Listen to the definition this, uh, from physics of work. The exertion of force, overcoming resistance, and producing molecular change. It overcomes the resistance and produces change. What's a miracle? It overcomes some existing force that's there and produces a molecular change. It's, it's a creative miracle. Something is produced here. It's, it's, it's a miracle, right? That's the work of God. And now then, isn't that what we should do? Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do. Aren't we to do the work of God? Jesus said, I'm to do the work of the one that sent me. What is that? To overcome resistance and then to produce a change, a molecular change or something, produce a change. So what do we have to do? He says, believe. That's how we do it. That's how we do the work of God is believe in the Son of God, in Christ, the one that came to, to set us free, to give us that power, that relationship with the Lord Jesus, with, with God again, the Father, that we are heirs and joint heirs. And whatever things we, we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we, oh, come on. I need somebody to, to believe with me this morning. 
Need somebody to help me preach this this morning. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We've got to face the facts about believing. See, we're faced with facts all the time about unbelieving and why, we, why it shouldn't happen and all this stuff. And we can say, well, odds are, I look at my old German shepherd pup. She just turned six months old. In January, they want to cut her leg off, amputate, because it was broken, a severe break, or a surgery that was about $4,500 or something like that. We didn't have that, so we took her to see the x-rays, and then we knew that was beyond our natural ability to, to do that, and I'm thinking, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be cruel, but you know, I believe you can take care of this. I believe that you can heal this leg. I, I, do, I believe you can restore this, and, and, and so... We prayed, and we prayed, and I would pray over her, and she'd lay, and she, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't even put any pressure on that leg, and I'd just pet her and rub and say, Lord, I thank you this thing's being healed. I thank you this is being healed. And took her back something that had, they put a, a splint on it, and that splint worked its way down, and then when she put pressure on it, it rebroke the fracture, which was now worse. And we had this letter, I, I was wanting to say to keep it, but she didn't know I was wanting to keep it, that gave us a 10%, a 10% chance that this might even start to grow back and that the recommendation was complete amputation. So I was just like, I got it. okay, thank you. I need to get out. We need to get out of here. And, and so that was my thought. It's, okay. it's like when Jesus said, okay, everybody out of the room, <laughs> we're going to pray for this girl. Nobody else in here. We just need belief, those believers. We need believers in here. Everybody else out. I'm like, okay, thank you for your report. Now I know what we're up against. I know the resistance that we're up against. Now we have to overcome that with a force and now produce a molecular change. I want to tell you, I throw, I got this little toy I throw for her, and she does, takes off running. I needed to bring her up here sometime and let's let you see her. She, it doesn't even look like she has a limp when she's walking or when she's running. And she's fast. She's quick. God touched her. God healed her. Now, let me tell you, if he can do that for a little German shepherd puppy, he can do that for you and me. His eyes on the sparrow, we know he watches us. He over, overcome resistance and produce a molecular change. Face the facts about believing. The, the facts are you're going to believe something. We are just made up. We're creatures that are made. We're designed to believe. The thing is, we're supposed to believe God. But we are forced with certain things that try to cause us to believe something else. You're going to believe something. So the important thing is that you believe what's right. Be careful. Be careful what you allow access into your mind because it will affect your will It'll affect your emotions. And those things just begin to just to churn over and over and over. The fact is that by believing is how we receive God. That's how we receive him. It's by believing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how we receive God. And not only is it how we receive God, but it's how we receive from God. He said, you know, ask what you, all things are possible to him that believes. That's how we receive from God is by believing. So that's a fact. So you can't receive anything from God without believing. It's an important thing in our life. It's an important thing in our life. And the fact is that even psychology testifies to the the importance of believing. They say that what you believe is real to you, whether it's true or not. Your, your belief, if you believe that's real, then it's real to you. That's your reality. Whether it's true or not, that's what, you know, you're believing that. That's why it's so important. Satan will send all kinds of things into our pathway to cause us to believe those things. People have men, mental disorders. They believe that they're seeing things or hearing things, whatever, whatever is affecting them. Maybe it's some type of chemical imbalance or whatever, but that's their reality. They believe it's right. And you can try to tell them it's not, but they're like, yeah, well... I see it. <laughs> I believe it. We might laugh and think it's funny, but it's not funny. That's their reality. And so, you know, that's a believing. And so what we have to do is understand that what you believe is going to be real to you, whether it's true or not. So the important thing is, why not believe what the Word of God says? Jesus said it's truth. Well, but I don't see it. You don't have to see it. See it here. Don't see it there. See it here. That's why we have to get it. Uh, come into Him with prayer. When you pray, you begin to see those things change. See it. Believe it. Declare it. Expect it. 
Hold on to it. Don't give up. Say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Daniel waited 21 days when he was praying for something. He didn't quit. He kept praying. I heard somebody talking about 21 days, and, you know, they say that if you want to break a habit, or any habit can be broken, if you can just, you know, not give in to that habit for 21 days, three weeks. Well, I'll challenge you. What do you need to break? What do you need to believe God for? Believe Him for it. 21 days from today is Easter. Wouldn't it be a great Easter service to come in here and people saying, oh my goodness, guess what God did for me? I bet He did what you were believing Him to do. I always got an answer. I can always be right. But guess what God did? He did what you believed He could do. Because He won't do what you don't believe. Well, sometimes He can and He just sovereignly wants to, but he, most of the time he, he moves and He does what we believe that He will do. And if we doubt that He can do it, then he probably won't. That's why it hindered him. He says, in his own hometown, he says he could do no mighty works there because they didn't believe. He was hindered from doing any mighty works. People, if, if it hindered him then, it hinders our body now. We can't afford to not believe. We got to believe and believe right. Believe the truth. Jesus was always saying, you know, hey, verily, verily, I say, truly, true. I'm telling you the truth is how he was saying it. And so the other fact about believing is your beliefs determine the reality that you perceive. And we were talking about that. What you believe, your beliefs determine the reality that you are perceiving. Now, when you perceive something, this perception comes into you and it causes you, then you begin to interpret that perception, right? Are you following me? You see something and what you, so you're, you're looking at this and you're believing that it could be such and such. So that's comes in, you begin to interpret that perception. You're perceiving it, you interpret it. When you interpret that, then you begin to have thoughts along that line. You add thoughts along that line to what that's going to do. Those thoughts then produce a particular action that you will respond then or react to what you are perceiving. Okay? So it's affected your knowledge, it affects your attitude, and it affects your behavior. You know, they say, if you want change in a person, total change, you have to affect their knowledge, their attitude, and their behavior, because behavior is the final stage of actually, of change, right? And change. And so, Satan will bring these realities to us, we perceive it a certain way, as along with his help to interpret it, and then we interpret that as maybe something that's so big that we can't get around or get through, and so our thoughts are then, like, what am I going to do? And those thoughts, our emotions begin to worry and fear and doubt. Are you with me? You see the decline? And then our behavior then comes into alignment with our thoughts of worry, fear, and doubt. And so here we are over here, and we're in terrible shape, and we're at that point where we say, if you can do anything, just take pity on me, because <laughs> I'm in terrible shape. Nothing works. So just have pity on me. Just, just pity me. <laughs> and Jesus is like, that's pathetic. <laughs> that's all you want is pity? How about the boy? You want him free? See, he does, he's not moved by our pathetic situation or our, our need or the degree of our need. The only thing that moves God is faith and believing in him. That's what moves him because we take this reality that's here and we bring it into this present situation. One thing, let me tell you, that I visualized one morning in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 19 degrees. We had a little Subaru uh, car that had about 190,000 miles on it. I'm out there at five o'clock in the morning getting ready to go to the church, to open up the church for a prayer at six, and I need to get there and snow all over the ground. And I go up to that little Subaru, and he goes, it wasn't even a, you know, it was just a, I go, hmm. Now, at five o'clock in the morning, 19 degrees, there's not a lot of people walking around. And it's not a good time to go knock on your neighbor's door, okay? I'm looking around, I don't have any jumper cables. If I did have jumper cables, what would I jump it to? I mean, you know, what would I, I'm like, I got to get to church. <laughs> I got to go pray, you know? Like, and so, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm getting this pathetic thing, you know, I'm feeling sorry for myself and all this stuff, and, you know, and I'm trying. So I thought, okay, I'll push start it. It's a standard, I'll push start it. 
I get out on the ice trying to push this car, and I'm sliding. And it's like, it's not budging. I'm like, oh. So finally, I'm so frustrated. So I go into Sandy because I want somebody else to share in my pity <laughs> at 5, 15, or 20 by this time. And I tell her, I'm going to walk down the street about a half mile and see if I can catch the bus because we did live in the town there. And she goes, okay, <laughs> because the car won't start. Okay. <laughs> So I'm just, uh, now I'm just, now I'm upset because I can't go open the church up for prayer. <laughs> so I'm back out there again, and the Lord said, now have you, have you had enough? <laughs> Are you finished with your little pity party? And I'm like, well, I guess so, nobody cares. <laughs> and he says, did you bother to pray? No, I was too busy thinking about what I couldn't do. He said, well, why don't you try prayer and believing? I thought, well, how's that going to work? <laughs> so I got back in the car. I'm, oh, I'm obedient. <laughs> okay. God, help this car. Sorry. He's, it's like God's like, oh, yeah, right. Right? Really? Are you serious? He says, what needs to happen? I said, the battery needs to charge up. He says, then charge it? I'm like, what? And so here's this thing that came to my mind. And I said, okay. So I thought, okay, I'm going to believe. What, what good, you know, it couldn't hurt anything, right? Couldn't be any worse. And so I thought, now, what, would ha- what do I need? I need some power. I need a power source to get on those, those battery terminals and charge that battery up. And so God said, then ask. I said, okay. So I began to ask. I said, God, and I began to see this in my mind. Now, this sounds stupid, piddly, you know, and I, I began to see this in my mind, and I began to see, like, my hands around those battery turn. I didn't touch it. I'm in the car, and just this supernatural power of God, and I began to, then I, it's like, man, I, I was started believing, yeah, and I, man, I'm praying, and I'm, like, praying, and I'm like, well, why don't you try starting the car now? <laughs> I'm, I'm still praying. I'm believing, yeah, it's gonna, and so, man, I, hit that car, and that thing went, and started right up, and I'm going, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was like that thing had more power than what it needed to do with it. And I thought, hurry, put it in gear and get out of here before something happens. And I'm like, see, I'm almost back to doubting already. It was amazing. I went, that was a good day to have prayer. I tried that, I've tried that since. It hadn't worked. I don't know, I don't know why. I guess God just needed me to see something that particular time for that. But you know what? That's I mean, that reality, that was the present reality. And God said, I can change the reality if you'll just believe. Just believe. And I thought, wow, isn't that cool? Sometimes, I don't know why, maybe there's been some doubt or whatever. I don't know, but I'm telling you, never overlook an opportunity to believe and receive from God. Another fact about believing is Whatever you're yoked to in your believing determines the burden or blessing of life. Whatever you're yoked to, what are you connected with? If, if it's something negative, it's going to pull you down. That's why he said, when any two agree, when any two believe the same, he says, I'm in the midst. There's power there. It's going to be done. So be careful what you're yoked to. Are you yoked to unbelief? What are you tied to? What's affecting your believing you know, we've had this thing about, you know, Satan comes in and, and he always assaults our beliefs. So be careful. Be careful what philosophies you yoke up with. Be careful. Because we get to thinking, well, you know, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me how many movies now are bringing about the, the thought of tolerance and homosexuality. It's just astounding. I saw an article that said the, the new Power Ranger thing that's coming out. This first time that there's a a, a, a gay Power Ranger. In the Beauty and the Beast, there was something, I guess, I didn't see it, but they talk about that Gaston's uh, right-hand man wasn't necessarily a right-hand man. <laughs> He's a gay person or something. So I don't know, but it's just a, amazing to me. We were watching something on, on ABC, and it seems like, and all of a sudden, here's this scene. It's like, what? What? I mean, it just blows my mind. That, years ago, that would have never happened, but it's just, again, it's invading it's invading our domain. And so, you know, our kids, our grandkids, they're seeing that. And so what's happening is slowly and slowly it's becoming, this is the reality. This is the reality. This is the norm. You know, kids that grew up in Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm sure they didn't start out with a full-blown thing like when God sent and destroyed it. 
But it began to creep in and creep in a little bit more and it accepted it as a present reality. It's okay. You know what? It's not okay. The Bible says it's not okay. So if I believe that that's true, I have to believe that that's true. Now, God doesn't hate the sinner, but he hates the sin. So Satan tries to bring that about and he makes it look like we're hating that person. Oh, you're not taller and you... No, wait a minute. God loves them. You're living below your privilege here. Don't be deceived by the devil and held back from accomplishing what's best for you. I'm telling you, people, we are living in a day and age where we have to stand up. We have to believe. We can't afford not to believe. Be careful what you're yoked to. Be careful about the philosophies and the things that are coming down that we slide over a little bit and we say, oh, yeah, that's right. It ought to be that way. And the Bible says such and such. Well, you know, it really, I don't know. You know, so here we begin to compromise in this. And if you compromise the truth, that means we don't really believe it. So that means that we're permitting it. He said, whatever you bind or prohibit on earth shall be prohibited, bound in heaven. Whatever you permit or loose shall be loosed. If we prohibit because we believe this, if we believe the truth, then we're prohibiting that from being a truth, a reality. Oh, I don't know. I know the church as a whole, we ain't getting this somehow. We're not getting it. But I know that we're living in the last days. It says, in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. I know these things come about, but that doesn't mean that we have to say, well, it's going to come about, so we just let it come about. It also says, I know your deeds. I know your deeds is what he says in Revelation. We are Christians. We're believers. We have to act like a believer. We need to take a stand like a believer. We need to live. We need to let truth be real. That doesn't mean that you go out and that you're just begin to assault all these people and various things like that. No, it's the sin that's wrong, not the person. Not the person. And when the love of Christ, that's why Jesus could walk up to prostitutes and to drunkards and to outcasts, and they would see something in him that they'd never seen before. They'd get saved. They would come out of that lifestyle and come into him because that's what they wanted. It was his compassion and his love. We've got to get that compassion and love that people will believe when they're there in, their, in, their de, in the deception that Satan has for them that they want to come out of that, leave that thing and come to Christ. But it's not going to happen if you stand there with a 13-pound Schofield trying to beat the sin out of them. Hello? Believing. Man, we've got to do it. We're talking about complete victory, walking in complete. How can you walk in complete victory if you don't believe? If we don't believe. If we could have a switch that we could go over to and say, okay, everybody ready? We're going to turn this switch. And when we turn this switch, you'll have no unbelief at all in your life. There will be no doubt left in you at all. There'll be just total 100% believing and faith and expectation. If we're going to turn the switch and we flip the switch, what kind of world do you think we would, we would create if we walked like that, if we lived like that? Let me tell you something. We don't need no switch. We have the word that tells us that that's the way we ought to live. That's the way we ought to live. In him I live and move and have my being. My very existence is in him. Whatever this natural thing says, it doesn't matter because my being, my existence is in him. And so therefore, this if I don't like this reality, I will bring God's reality to this and change it. Water part. Let the Red Sea roll back. Boy, when the hoof prints of the past were coming upon Moses, he said, I can't look, I can't look at my past. I can't think about the past. And he was surrounded by mountains and all the opposition. He says, so there's no way to go but go forward, go into my future. I got to go to my future. My future's blocked. He says, so then we'll create a new reality. Nobody never parted water until he did. And how did he do it? Use what's in your hand, Moses. What's in my hand? What's in your hand is what I showed you that was truth. You threw it down and it was a snake. I said, pick it up. It became a rod. Put your hand in your best inside. Pull it out. It was leprosy. Put it back in again. Now it's healed. He said, this is truth. You stretch that truth out over this thing and it will change that reality. Oh, come on. Come on. Somebody praise him this morning. Hallelujah. It's time we part some red seas and open up to our new reality, our new beginning, our future that we have. We got, you got Satan coming down on you 
and you got opposition all around you, no place but to go forward, and it's blocked. And we change that reality. How? By believing that he, who? That I am who I am. That he is almighty God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Do you need finances? Do you believe? If you did, it says give. Jesus give, and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Well, men give into your lap. So if you believe, you're going to give. And when you give, it's going to... Are you sick? Then believe. Act upon it. Receive. Walk in it. Do you need direction? I just don't know what to do. Then let the counselor, the one that leads us into, guides us into all truth, the Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. As Paul said in Ephesians, with this in mind, be alert and keep on praying. People, he's given us everything that we need to live this life, this overcoming life, this life of victory that changes things. People say, oh, the Christian life's dull. Oh, really? And you're not walking in faith. Because when you do, there's going to be opposition. And then we're going to get a chance to work the works of God, which is a force that moves resistance and produces molecular change. Come on, stand with me this morning. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Got more to say about believing I didn't get to my notes. <laughs> I need to teach a little bit about it, but people, we've got to have our minds renewed. We've got to have our minds renewed. I mean, think about it. We get this maybe an hour a week, but we have all this other stuff all the rest of the week that's just pushing in on us and developing our perception of the world that we live in. But we've got to say, God, what do you want this world to be? That we're living in. We are citizens of heaven. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And so then we produce change one life at a time. One life at a time. We'll open, if we'll be alert to those around, watch for, oppor- watch for opportunities for God to work. Watch for opportunities. And when it happens, you know, Jesus, he was always being careful. When the crowd started to come, it's when he rebuked the, devil, the demon out of the young man and took him by the hand and they went off because he didn't want it to be some big showy type thing. It can be that one-on-one where you work. When somebody comes up to you and begins to express their frustration and how they're overwhelmed, they need help. They're crying out for help because of the world that we live in. But I'm going to tell you something. This world is not my home. <laughs> no, it's not. you have an opportunity to produce a change in their reality. Wow. Do you think that would make a difference? I do. How many believers do I have in here? (laughs) Then we need to say, God, help help us overcome my unbelief every day. God, I want to believe you more. I want to tap in to the supernatural and believe and release it into my present circumstance. Father, in Jesus' name, we stand before you, before your throne. We're a needy people. We need you to help us to overcome our unbelief, but you've told us, you've provided everything we need to do this. We simply have to trust you and agree to accept your word as truth. When we accept that as truth, that's the report that we believe when we hear the report of the, Lord, of, of the world, when we, see the, the, when we hear the circumstances and the, and the reality of the world, now then we take the supernatural reality, your reality, and we believe that and we bring it into existence and we loose it then to be upon the face of the earth. We permit it to go forward. Father, help us to be believers. Help us, Father, to be who you've designed us to be Lord, we stand before you, and that's our desire. If that's your desire, just just tell the Lord right now. Just invite him into your circumstance and just purpose to trust him, to believe him, and to put off unbelief. Hallelujah. Father, those that are in need of finances, 
Lord, I pray that right now that they will begin to believe. Believe your word is true. Faith without works is dead. If we don't do what your word says, given it shall be given, then, Father, we're really not believing. We're not activating our faith. Father, in all areas of our life, relationships, healing, direction, provision, Father, help us to trust you and to accept your word as truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not sure that you're a child of God, that you are, that you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure today. I have question marks about where I'm going to spend eternity. Anybody here this morning? Just raise your hand. You're not sure. We need to get on this road to believing. Anybody? Amen. Well, the challenge is before us, church. When we go out of here, we go out of here to be believers. You'll be confronted by all kinds of things that Satan will try to throw into your pathway. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. That power of God, the life as God has it, he's given to us all power. All things are possible to them that believe. That's our mandate. As we go from here, be light that dispels darkness. Be 10 foot tall and invincible. Amen? Take, this, take what's in your hand. You know, if it's a slingshot, slay the giants. If it's a rod, part the Red Seas. Whatever it is, what God has given to you, just use it. Be effective in it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for your blessings that rest upon your people. Father, I thank you for signs that follow them that believe. And Father, we're going to see those things increase. Go with us, Father, and open doorways that we might just begin to uh, extend your kingdom right now for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thanks for coming.